Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, June the 29th, and welcome to our commentary. Today, we're going to touch base once again with with our friend George Rodriguez uh, from South Texas. We're going to kick around a few things about Texas, but we're also going to talk about this Supreme Court decision today that has a lot of people melting down, a little hysterical reaction to the Supreme Court uh, but, you know, we'll get into that. So let me say hello to our friend George. How are you, George? Real good. Kind of hot down here, but very good. Well, I, I don't think you get any cooler if you came north. <laughs> so I have a feeling that the entire state of Texas right now is is under a heat wave. By the way, on this topic of the heat wave, I saw a note this morning that the this heat wave, this particular one, has been a boom for solar energy that a lot of people in Texas are relying on solar energy for residential use. I I don't know much about it. I don't know if you have heard anything about that, George. Well, I know here in San Antonio, the uh, energy company uh, has been promoting uh, a a special discount if you uh, put up some solar panels. And um, the discount goes on for years, it's my understanding. Um, but um, there's been a lot of folks that have, that have taken advantage of it. And in this heat, in this sunshine, I mean, uh, obviously they are, they are gathering a lot more. And they are able to uh, sell back right. uh, some of that uh, energy that they capture. They sell it back to the, uh, to the company. Well, I know a friend of ours has solar energy at their home. And uh, they seem to be pretty happy with it. I mean, in this heat... It may be something with the kind of sun. It might be something, might be something worthwhile. Well, the big opinion today, and it was expected. I love the way, by the way, the Supreme Court does these things. Uh, I mean, they must have somebody in the Supreme Court who plans when these opinions are are put out there because they tease you so well. I mean, it's like. They they say these decisions are going to come out, and they come out one a day at ten o'clock, and they you know it, it's just remarkable how they do it, and I'm kind of glad that they do it this way because they give us time to talk about it, Correct. you know instead of releasing all of them at once. <clears throat> but my understanding is that they've all been written. It's just that how they come out, how they release it, how they release it. Yeah, but they've all been written already. I mean, if you remember the Dobbs decision uh, uh roughly a year ago they had draft that, on that already ready yeah they had that ready in april or something and then they waited until some anyway uh they released it and of course for you and i of our generation you know affirmative action is something we kind of grew up with i remember 
when it was a, a um, an issue that people were talking about in the 70s and 80s. And, uh, you know, I remember listening to people say, well, affirmative action is going to be a way of balancing the playing field uh, with the idea that some people didn't have the same opportunities, which is true, they didn't. And they were going to be using affirmative action to sort of level the playing field. Uh, that's what I remember of those conversations, late 70s, 80s, George. That's what I remember. What do you remember? Well, I uh, I was very, very lucky. And in many ways, I didn't recognize, because I was so young, I did not recognize the historic value of the meetings that I was attending. But when I was a uh, an intern, I was allowed, uh, this was 1975, an intern in Washington, D.C., I was allowed to attend uh some meetings some initial meetings to discuss the groundwork for affirmative action which was established uh as an executive order at that point uh by the nixon and then ford administrations oh okay well pardon me for interrupting that's a very interesting point i'm glad you mentioned that and forgive me for interrupting you but that's that's an important point that i didn't know that affirmative action was a nixon executive order it was never actually passed by the congress am i right no at a later time at a later time in 19 uh uh, i believe it was 1985 um they uh there was there was an enactment an amendment to the uh, civil rights act they included affirmative action uh as a um uh uh, they didn't call it as a, a as a law. They called it as a gosh, I can't remember the term. But again, that was that was in there, and um, it was encouraged. It was moved into the private sector. Right. Okay. Uh, now, <clears throat> the, again, the headache, the, the 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 issue that I saw, and again, this has a lot of historical bearing on it, and it also has an impact on why the the um, uh, court ruled the way it did. The the discussions were always at that point the discussions were always with regards to a temporary program that would impact on blacks only i remember that now i remember that um that there were organizations like uh, the southern poverty leadership conference uh that um has um been very very active in the recent years of uh, of putting together enemies lists of who opposes the left right. um but uh they were very very active in trying to expand it to all minorities now there was i remember very heated discussions and this is very very important that uh, that that black leaders particularly the old-time strong black leaders of the NAACP that you know had been the 20s and 30s these old gentlemen were very very cautious that if you expanded it to other minorities it was going to expand to heaven knows how far and that's what's happened now you know a transgender person can be can benefit or can claim affirmative action and so uh, at what point you know there was that rainbow that some people kept talking about which is now you know, yeah, the Rainbow Coalition. Everybody wanted, yes. The Remember Rainbow the Rainbow Coalition? Coalition? That was the Jesse Jackson campaign of Correct. 1984. Correct. Or I guess 88 or 84. And, and, yeah. and so, you know, they were worried that it was going to dilute 
right. and eventually become you know inconsequential and negative and what you've got now for example is uh hispanics being classified as white hispanics or minority hispanics now what the heck does that mean i, I mean what does that mean right uh you've got you've got situations where you know there are uh asian americans and they're the ones that brought the right. suit that and that's uh, an and pardon me for as, 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 as yeah. minorities and pardon me for interrupting you again but it's extremely important that we point out, and I'm glad you did, that it was Asian Americans who were fighting Harvard. It was not white, you know, exactly. white Americans. It was Asian Americans. And, and I think that's a good point that you brought up, George. I just wanted to emphasize that. So please continue. Yeah, I have, you know, in, in my personal uh, life, I have a niece. I have a grandniece, actually, whose, whose name is Chloe Murdoch. And Chloe, you know, wants to claim her Hispanic uh, heritage. Uh, she comes to Laredo. She, you know, visits uh, uh, with all of the other cousins and whatnot. But for all practical purposes, you know, she's American. She's white. She's Anglo, as you know, on, on the on, on the surface. You mean and like Robert Francis? You mean like Robert, Robert Francis, Francis O'Rourke? O'Rourke? Yeah, there well, in go. this oh, case, yeah. he is right. Anglo all the way. I mean, I don't know right. what Hispanic there is in it. But, you know, why can't she benefit from uh, from affirmative action? Well, because, you know, the, the affirmative action officers claim that she is white and therefore she's... But, you know, the, there's this silliness that has developed within it. And I, for one, am very, very glad that uh, the um, the decision came out. Now... What really irritates me is to hear how some of the uh, the opposing justices, you know, declared that uh, that there was positive discrimination, that there should be positive discrimination. I mean, you know, uh, what the heck does that mean? It, it, that's that when when you have to rely on that, George, you don't have an argument to win. You're just really? throwing stuff out there, but like positive you know, murder. I mean, that's I, I'm right. Not sure that's exactly right. What yeah. that that's right. That's right. No, no, it, it's a. Uh, I am amazed. Well, I shouldn't be because I told a friend of mine yesterday uh, when we were talking about another opinion, I said, look, the big one is coming uh, and that's affirmative action and look out for the meltdown because the meltdown is going to be like we're seeing. Yeah. And again, this is this is only as it pertains to education. That's right. That's right. We still have to look at the issue of employment and uh, and and. um, uh, everything that goes with it, uh, you know, promotions. I agree, and uh, and that is and and that you got to deal with, George, on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. You don't do these, you know, overreaching decisions. You simply, I mean, if, if if a person feels discriminated against because of their skin color, let's say that you work in a company and you feel like you were not promoted, let's say because you were black. Let's just say you were not promoted because you're black. You can sue. You can sue. You can exactly. sue and, and, and settle that either out of court or at the courthouse. And, and that's fine. That, that has not been eliminated. That has not been eliminated. Exactly. It's not the, the end of the world as Michelle Obama is. That's claiming. right. And, and by the way, speaking of the Obamas, President Obama made some, again, hysterical remarks about this. And I was delighted to see Senator Scott take him on. And, and just take him on, I mean, right back to him saying, hey, you know, this is a great opinion. But the way I look at it is, as I said before, 
I remember the beginnings of all of this affirmative action back in the late 70s, 80s. And it seemed to me back then, uh, as a younger person, obviously back then, that it, I felt that it was a correction that had to be made. I, I and agree. it was it was a yeah. correction to, you know, to some past policies where maybe there was uh, uh, maybe an acceptance, for example, that a black person couldn't be president of a bank or something like that. And but that has been dealt with. That has been dealt with. And and I just thought it was fascinating that you have the Asians and I don't know exactly how to say their 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 origin, but people from India and Pakistan and Nigeria, they've all been very successful in our schools and universities. And and they're the ones who actually it was the Asians who brought this lawsuit in Harvard, because they're, you know, the Asian parents are saying, hey, look, I raised my kid to study, to prepare, to get the best score that he can so that he can go to Harvard if he wants to. But now I'm being denied entrance or a place in Harvard because you're making an exception for someone else who's not at the same level of performance. I mean, that's not fair. It, It isn't. It absolutely yeah. this situation this situation has also has in my opinion become one where a lot of minorities feel entitled and that is very damaging that is very very damaging you are not entitled a, an individual is not entitled to anything other than life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and that's up to you right. this situation that we've got that somehow uh, society owes you something like reparations or anything else Affirmative action has has become such a uh, such a, a foundation, such a large foundation for building these sandcastles that are not realistic. Mm-hmm. That you know, I, I can see how three generations, at least two adult generations, are going to have a hard time dealing with it. Right. No, I agree, and I and I, I think that you know, if you're a young Hispanic, if you're a young black person, I would encourage you to take a look at the Asians. You know, take it's a look a at the thing. It yeah, is a I, I agree. Thing. I agree. I mean, no, I think so. You know, you know the, the situation with 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 the, why isn't there more affirmative action in the NBA with players? That's right. Well, that's right. We don't. You know, we don't care. I mean, you go to an NBA game, and you don't care the color of the people. You just want to see the best. And and that and and that's the, the way first it should five be. Hitters, the first five hitters. For the uh, Astros the other night, we're all we're all Latinos. That's right. That's from foreign right. countries. <laughs> that's, no, you're right. You're right, and nobody cares because that's the ball, the best ball player hey, the Astros won. can can find, and they, <laughs> they won. won. And you needed that win, but with the Rangers. Hey, now, 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 now. Okay, we got time. I know we got time to to settle the American League West, but but I always, you know, I always find, for example, that when you go to a high school reunion. Uh, not, not a union, but when you go to a high school celebration, a graduation, you attend the graduation or even a college graduation, and the number, the number of kids who are at the very top are Asians and yeah. you know Indian Americans and so on, and you can understand when when you look at the audience, you understand why they succeed. You got big families, you got support families, and they study. <laughs> they study. They they have a, a education culture where they exactly. teach their kids, hey, go exactly. out and take it. And 
and I, I think some of that is missing, frankly, in in some of the. It's very much missing. Yeah, it's I mean, I've had I've had you know, look at the number of Hispanic kids who are dropping out. Well, uh, look at the the number of. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of black black Americans they have family problems, family structure problems, growing up in broken homes or single parent homes. But the bottom line for me is that this was a a decision that was overdue. Yeah. I think you know Very things much. have balanced out now, and it's up to you now. If you want to be, if you want the the best seat at the best college, hey, work for it, work for it. Yeah, just work. Uh, it, we've reached the point. We've reached the point, Silvio, where a normal, logical person cannot pretend that a man is a woman, and that they cannot compete in athletics. The same thing has, has, has uh, occurred when it comes to affirmative action. We can't pretend that someone is entitled to something just because of right. their race. Just no, you're right. Race. You're exactly right. And I feel that way, too. And I think it's, it's time to move on and, 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 in a sense, the message. And this is what Tim Scott said. You know, Tim Scott said, hey, you know, the opportunity is out there. Go for it. And study and work hard. And you'll get your place at the university of your choice. So I, I am very happy with this decision. I think I'm very it was happy. The right thing. It was the right thing. And I always find it though interesting, George. One last thing about this, and then we'll go on. Six to three decision, which means that there are three members of the court who somehow uh, believe. Yeah, I'm sitting there saying, on what basis do you do you have to continue to support this now? If the justices, these three justices, want to tell me that they believe that these affirmative actions should, should stay in place, what they should do, George, is run for the Senate, run exactly. for the House, get exactly. out of the court. Now, I will tell you, you know, and I have felt this way all along, I believe that there are at least two members of the, of the, of the uh, Supreme Court who are nothing more than products of affirmative action. I cannot believe that these two individuals are the best qualified, the most qualified as far as uh, a, as far as uh, a, a, attorneys that you can find uh, in the United States. That's a that's a tough uh, uh, statement to make, but that's that's my opinion, and I think that's why they believe it. They have been they have been. Uh, uh, they they are products of the affirmative action system. Yeah. Uh, we have a vice president. I'm sorry, I cannot believe that this that the vice president uh, Kamala Harris has not benefited from affirmative action. You know, otherwise uh, she she probably be doing something else. Right. But, but here's my point on that, George. Is I don't disagree with what you just said, but it seems to me it's time to move on from that. Exactly. And, that is and, exactly and, right. And, and simply say, you know what. If uh, if somebody got into the, the Supreme Court, the best and the brightest in America should be the yeah. ones that that, that uh, we right. encourage. But we should move on from that and look, like you say, at the best and the brightest. Now, there is another big decision coming uh, tomorrow, and I think I know how it's going to go, or I'm going to predict how it's going to go, and that's the student loan one, where Logic by executive yeah, by executive order, the president did this. And by the way, and I remember reading about this, he did it during the campaign. Yes. And then I remember reading later that it mobilized 
a lot of campuses around this Correct. issue, that they were literally young people, uh, you know, mobilized to support Democrats because of this. And I'm sitting, sitting, sitting there saying to myself, how can a 20 or 21-year-old student in a university believe that the president of the United States can cancel his student <laughs> debt by executive order? I mean, what kind of lesson, government lessons are these kids learning? Uh, I mean, I objected to it immediately because it was an executive order. And the idea that there would be young people in our universities who thought, oh, wow. Who would believe it? Who would first of all believe it and then think it's a good idea? Yes. And so, you know, I think that's going to go down too. It probably won't get the same attention as the affirmative action, but I think that the, the president well, I, is going I, to lose know, that my one fear, too. My fear, I'll tell you what my fear is. My fear, I mean, we're hearing it right now. Uh, the, the, the ladies on The View were screaming and yelling that it's time to, to do, something, do something about the Supreme Court. Um, if this happens, if this one goes down the way we think it's going to go down, where they're going to, you know, uh, cancel the executive order and they're going to have to pay <laughs> their loans back, um, I fear that there's going to be some violence, but more than anything else, an outcry to, uh, and it'll be very popular, it'll be among the minority, but it'll be very loud, of uh, redoing the Constitution, of, of uh, redoing uh, the number of... of well, packing the court, what they like to call court. packing the court, yeah. I mean, I can just hear it. Yeah. No, I, and I, I think that will, that will happen. I have no doubt that they're going to say that this is an illegitimate court. An illegitimate it, court. I love that. It, it's so funny because two days ago, when President Biden got a victory out of this court, court. <laughs> nobody said it was illegitimate. It was a very legitimate court. At that yeah, point. it was very legitimate two days ago <laughs> when they gave him a victory. Now, all of a sudden, they're illegitimate. But, but I, again, those are signs of desperation, I think, yeah. on the part of people. When you start saying that we need to pack the court, you know, uh, my friend Sally, who is a history teacher, and she's watching probably later, uh, we'll watch the, the replay later. Uh, she knows what happened back in 1937 when President uh, Roosevelt uh, came up with the idea of packing the court. Yes. It, it was a disaster for him. In fact, many people feel that that was one of the reasons that he lost so badly in the 1938 midterms. It was because of packing the court. So I have no doubt, I have no doubt that they're going to try to do it. But, you know, this is where Joe Manchin actually helps us because I don't think Joe Manchin would vote for it. And it would probably require 60 votes in the Senate. Well, they couldn't get it out of the House as it is right now. They couldn't get a majority out of the House for that. But, you know, even if they had a majority in the House, they couldn't get 60 in the Senate because uh, they just don't have it. But, but yes, that's packing the court. That's coming. Get ready for that one. That's, uh, we're going to hear a lot, about, a lot about that. But I do think, I, I George... One of, those, one of those attorneys that's, that feels that uh, forgiving a loan um, is, is constitutional. I want one of those attorneys with me at the last day at the judgment. I want one of those. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, be, again, I want everything forgiven. <laughs> right, but I, I think that... Just that, wipe it out. <laughs> what, what, I, what I always come back to is that it's either a court or it's a legislative body. Yes. But it cannot be both. It cannot be both. It's like the umpire in a baseball game. Okay, either he's the umpire 
or he's cheating from one side or the other. Right. They but, want they want conservatives. They want they want conservatives, uh, constitutional folks to go the full ten yards to get a first down. However, when it's their turn, they they're only going to go five. Right. No, I agree. I agree. But I do believe. <laughs> I do believe that uh, they're going to be melting down again tomorrow because that one is going to happen. I'm pretty sure of that tomorrow. Well, one quick note here before we wrap up. There is a session. The, the legislature is starting a new session. Property tax is the big issue. We can get more into it at a later show, but it looks like this session is going to focus on property tax and uh, school choice. Those are the two big stories that the governor, certainly property tax, maybe they'll come back for school choice later. But George, I am surprised, or maybe I shouldn't be, that it's that complicated to to do a property tax, uh, basically distribution of money. Because yeah. what they're doing is you know, returning $30 billion to the people I can understand if it was a tax increase. I can understand all the controversy, but they're basically returning uh, the the you know the money back to people. I'm, I'm I'm surprised that it's been that complicated, George. I I don't know if you have the same reaction. Oh, definitely. But I think that uh, I think that the that the, that the um, anxiety uh, of how to do it uh, rests on who gets how much. Uh, I mean, it all went into the coffers for the state. Now the state is going to return it. You would think that the state would return the amount that a given district or a given jurisdiction or a given area got. But the big battle right now is, well, if you're going to give it back, then give it back accordingly uh, to a distribution that's equitable. And, um, you know, a lot of folks, uh, you know, are, are having second thoughts about how to do that and uh, whether or not it's, uh, you know, uh, to give it directly to the state, give it to the to the citizen, uh, let them use it uh, for uh, uh, projects. I mean, you know, it, it's become convoluted. To me, it's very, very simple. Just, uh, you know, cut a check, return it, and that's the end. Well, either that or just give you a tax credit. Exactly. Uh, or a tax your property credit. Tax. I'd be happy with give that. Every, give everybody, every property owner although, in Texas a, Although the, 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 uh, the big battle is uh and th and they haven't touched it is the issue of uh how to get, keep the school districts from just upping the money the the uh, uh the assessments every year i mean right. the assessment for for the school district here in san antonio on the northeast school district where i live has just gone through the roof so the state can return all the money they've got but if the if the school district continues to raise and raise and raise i mean you right know, then they then, it's basically the same thing as before then. No, but I, I just thought, I mean, maybe I'm naive, but I thought it would be a lot less complicated. <laughs> it's like making than, sausage. Well, that's it. And and maybe maybe in retrospect, George, the governor tried to do too much in this session. I don't know. Well, you know, there, it was quite ambitious. It was quite yeah. ambitious. I mean, the, um, the Republican Party uh, delegates put together a very, very large, ambitious um, agenda. And um, the agenda, while the, while the legislatures did not, legislators did not uh, use it as a, uh, a, a, as a roadmap, they certainly addressed a lot of the, the issues that were on there. 
Right. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been tough. There were some good things that happened so far. The DIE or DEI. Yes, which that was another meltdown move. that the left had. That that was good, and and I I think some of the moves they've made with you know what they teach in schools and all of that. I thought that was a good move. The, the so transgender, I, the 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 um, not the allowing CRT or whatever. Yeah, yeah, not allowing transgender to right. To so work. I thought that was those were all positive things, but. You know, the two big ones coming up are the property tax. Now, I saw a note today that the lieutenant governor is apparently making some progress on on that issue. I, I don't know if, if that's something to What it looks excited. like at the end, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. Right. But that always happens a lot of times. You know, at the end is when they cut the deal. But when they do a session, everybody's got to come back, right? Not just Oh, everybody's got to come back. Everybody has to come back. Yeah, so I assume after the fourth, uh, they will be back. Just like you and me, George, we'll be back after the fourth uh, to talk a little bit about about politics. But, I'm excited uh, about the fourth. I yes. love, uh, Christmas and the fourth are, are my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. July fourth is uh, an absolutely great holiday. Uh, something that we all need to celebrate. George, thank you as always for your time, and uh, we will get together again uh, sometime in the next ten days or so to look. Uh, at, at the state, I mean, at, at, the, at the legislative session and see what uh, what is going on down in Austin. But thank you for your time, as always. You got it. Thank you very much. All right. My pleasure. My uh, good friend, uh, George Rodriguez, uh, joining us this week to talk about uh, the affirmative action decision that the Supreme Court just passed, a, a decision that I think was long overdue. And I think it simply, uh, you know, race should not be a factor and how we consider people for admissions. And uh, that's just the way it is. That's the American thing to do. Just remember the words of Martin Luther King, you know, that he wanted his, his kids to be judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. That's the guy. I mean, that should always be the guidepost. What Martin Luther King said many, many years ago. Have a happy fourth, everybody. We'll get together after, after the weekend. Actually, we'll get together before the fourth, but uh, have a happy weekend, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.